0: and 365-day returns. You're listening to Acton Millwall,
1: broadcasting from the beautiful South Birmingham. Set in our Well, hello, dear listeners. I'm Neil Fisler, and welcome to a very special edition of Acton Millwall. To discuss the relaunch of the Lions Trust, uh, which has happened in light of the fan-led review of football governance by Tracy Crouch, MP, which was released towards the end of last year. Basically, we're going to discuss over the next half hour, an hour, uh, the reasons for the relaunch of the Trust and to answer some of the many questions that have popped up on social media and Hoff uh, since it was announced the Trust was coming back. Uh, today, I'm joined by two guests. I'm joined by uh, the podfather himself and uh, my Millwall History Show co-host, Nick Hart, who is a temporary chair of the Lions Trust. Hello, Nick.
2: Good afternoon, Neil. Good afternoon, listeners. This is a very strange experience to be on the other side of the bed, so to speak. <laughs> yes, <you're laughs> a, a a gentleman's kippers in my grill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well this is the ultimate payback for you interviewing me when I my book. And we're also joined by a third person, and um, that is the Lions Trust Secretary, Phil Clark, very well known to many Millwall fans on Twitter, Hoff and probably down the ground as well. Hello, Phil.
3: Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm not the third person in the bed, thanks. I'll just sleep on the floor if it's all the same with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, well, we've got you somewhere else, mate, don't worry. Yeah, you're part of your part being with me in the heart. <laughs> anyway, before this descends into chaos, uh, I just want to ask, yeah, well, we'll start off by asking Nick, how did the Lions Trust initially start?
2: Lions Trust, well, it's been around a long time, and some of the older listeners may remember me chairing it back in the late 2000s and 2010-ish, and we even ran a a football tournament at the Den, which was very successful and was was, uh, very popular, the Lions Trust Cup. Um, I mean, the the Supporters Trust idea has been around since probably the turn of the century, two thousand, late 1990s. And I'm just looking at the Wikipedia definition, listeners, of what a Supporters Trust is. And it is a formal and crucial word, democratic, not-for-profit organisation of fans. There are many, many of them across the, the football scene and also, interestingly, in the rugby as well, rugby league, rugby union in some cases. And they are, um, as the as the definition there implies, they are akin to being a company, Um a cooperative, whatever you want to call it. It's one member, one vote uh, with a chair that's elected. And uh, as we've said already, they're, they're not for profit. The Lions Trust has been around for a long time. Um, and if I'm going to be honest with listeners, um, I think it always rather struggled for um, a role at, at Millwall. I mean, in there, there is a website that's been set up. We might touch on that later. And um, there is a copy of our constitution that's on there, if anyone wants to have a look at that. And it lays out in chapter and verse what um what what the aims of the Lions Trust are. Um over time, over time, um, really the, the purpose of the Lions Trust evolved. Um, and it may be changing um in the light of the Tracy Crouch report that you've mentioned already. But the, the aim of the Lions Trust in in a sense was to be um my my analogy is a lifeboat if um events turned Um, badly at Millwall, as we've seen at other clubs. Berry is a great example. There are others. Um, If we needed to relaunch Millwall as a a kind of a fan-owned concept, as you've seen um, most interestingly, actually, at Brentford, who who fell into financial problems before their current period of success, they were a fan-owned club. Um, That's normally done by the vehicle of a supporters' trust. So um, that's really been the Lions Trust's primary aim for a long time, um, we've been very lucky at Millwall. Um, we went through a period of turmoil. Anyone old enough to remember the mid 2000s will remember the uh, the period of Peter the Savory. And how many chairmen did we have one season? Was it f- five chairmen, seven managers? It's complete and utter chaos at the club. And the Lions Trust, um, found a kind of a role then as a potential lifeboat, a fire extinguisher, as um, Harry. Uh, was his example the other day a kind of an insurance policy that if Millwall FC collapsed financially if um, you know if we if with some reason John Berylson's stability was no longer around and we were um, floundering um, we could conceivably use the vehicle of the Lions Trust as a member-driven organization as a means of um, a kind of AFC Millwall something of that kind. so yeah, um they've been around a long time, supporters trust. But the a fundamental point is they are member owned and one you know, uh, democratic. That's that's their purpose. And that's what we're trying to relaunch at the moment with along with Phil. Phil, so what happened to the old trust? And why that's did good it stop? Question.
3: Good question. Well, it hasn't really stopped. I just think that over time as um Uh, Nick kind of alluded to the club ended up in incredibly safe hands with John Berylson probably uh, far safer than anyone foresaw when the trust was set up um, which really has resulted in I guess the people involved in the trust sort of feeling there wasn't such a purpose to it just purely because you know things were moving along safely Um, John was putting money into the club converting his uh, investment into equity so not leaving great debt in the club so there's not you know huge risk in that sense um, but that probably leads us into why now um, and I think that really is all about the Crouch report to be honest with you you know the club is in incredibly safe hands. it's really important to stress that from any conversations we've had with um, Steve Kavanagh and just you know general understanding of, of where John Berrelson's at so um, I think really the, the people involved in the Trust just felt that, um, you know, the, the purpose and the uh, drive wasn't there any longer. So it's just, it's really live dormant, to be honest with you, Neil. It hasn't stopped. It's just been, just dormant, I think. And you got something yeah, to just,
2: add to that. Yeah, yeah, just to reiterate. I mean, I, I was chairman of it from 2006 or 7, I can't remember now, around about then, until um, probably about 2015, 2016-ish when, I'd, I mean, I'll be honest with listeners. I'd, I'd kind of had enough of it by then. I'd, I'd um, I, I wanted to bring somebody else in. I, I think sometimes with a lot of these kinds of voluntary organisations, there's a major problem. Not just at Millwall. I mean, this is this is a thing that you see in, in all all sorts of areas in life generally. But anything that is um, politics, whatever you want to look at, um, it tends to be the same people, same faces that are willing to do stuff, and that's flying to a level but i was I was really keen to step away I'd been chair of it for what eight years nearly um and I'd had it you know i felt I'd brought all that I could to the role and I was really keen to find somebody else to um to, to step into the chair it's one of the things that we're really keen now while we're relaunching it is to bring new faces in and maybe new new energy new new um you know fresh parts fresh blood that's a good way to put it um so I stepped away and we well we struggled I mean as, as, as Phil said the the club has been said it's uh, you know on, on on field ups and downs um but off the field with John berrelson being uh, providing the the support he has which I don't think any of us could have foreseen back then in 2007 certainly not when Peter de Savery was um you know was was in his pump um, who would have thought that we'd have such a stable and beneficial owner and, and we still do. So that, that's, that's, that's great. So in a way that because there was no need for the the trust's prime aim as being a, a lifeboat, as I keep calling it, um, it became very difficult to motivate people and keep people interested. Um, the, it fell away. It became dormant. I mean, I, I, I stepped away from the role and I think the trust struggled after that and, it's a shame because it's a really, really important thing, and uh, I'm I'm pleased now that we are in a position to give it some new energy. We're using mediums like this, podcasting, which now we didn't have then back in 2007. Um, you know, social media really helps. You can talk to people far more quickly and easily now than you could even you know even 10 years ago. So I'm really hopeful that we can get this important supporters mill supporters organization um revived and whoever we can get to take on the chair will bring some energy and we now have many many more ways to communicate with people and get you know have a two-way conversation which i think is probably where and I, I believe i fell short back then and i think that um you know i think it was one of the problems that we we we, we didn't really overcome back then but i'm hoping we can do so now
1: Yeah, I think back then it was only really Hoff and maybe Mizza and Millwall Online that were around then, weren't there? Of course, you did have the medium of fanzines, but they weren't as interactive, were they, as as you find now, what with podcasts, Twitter, Facebook, all kinds of those things. So why is having this trust so important to Millwall, Phil, or to Millwall fans?
3: I think that uh, Mirwall were at the forefront of things some time ago, and we had our own fan on the board. We've obviously had two iterations of that, and many clubs have never achieved that. So I think we've been at the forefront of things uh, in that regard. But in terms of um, your point, there's just this pressing need for more regulation in football. You know, I, I don't know if people listened to Steve Kavanagh on the Price of Football podcast the other week, um, where he talked about. Um, regulation in football. uh, And clubs seem to struggle to um, manage themselves. We look around the league, at you know, your berries and uh, what's happening at Derby, Um, you know, clubs get themselves into all sorts of problems financially chasing dreams. uh, And there needs to be this lifeboat in place should something happen. You know, if you just look across the other side of London, if there wasn't the supporters trust at Chelsea, then following their sanction, where would Chelsea be place, they would probably have to go into administration, because that's the only other vehicle you could have that would keep the club trading. Uh, And that's not a great place to be for any football club. So uh, I think that's why fans should want there to be a trust um, in place. Clearly, there are other areas that the trust can agree if you if you read some of the detail around the Crouchport, which I'm sure we'll touch on, Uh, there could be other criteria that the club and the trust have to reach agreement on. Uh, there'll be various items in there that the club can agree with the fan group, um, be it uh, shirt colour, um, badges, relocation, a whole load of things which I'm sure we'll touch on later on. So, you know, if you care about the club and those things are important to you, then it's definitely uh, a really good reason to have a trust in place.
1: This is something actually which I think well, we might as well touch upon this fairly early on, is will the trust be independent from the club, Nick? I think that's a, I think that's a worry that a lot of fans have had, certainly, certainly stuff that I've read. Will the trust be a puppet of Steve Kavanagh, Billy Taylor, people like that, as some fans fear? The
2: The, the trust, the Lions Trust, is independent of Mill Football Club. It's registered at Companies House, the, because it's uh, it's classed as something called a community benefit society, which I don't want to over, overdo the kind of legalistic part of it. But if you think of it, listeners, as a company, but a not for profit company, you've probably got a fair grasp on what it is. So it exists already and has existed since 2002, Because it hasn't gone away, I'm just touching on an earlier point about the um you know whether it's a new trust or it's the same one as ever was there um so it is it is independent it's um it, it has its own money it doesn't take any um funds other than from what it generates from member fees we'll come back to that because we're yeah, we'll thinking about that a bit later, yeah. how we're going to handle that um but in, you know, when we when we did the uh, the Lions Trust Cup, for example, we generated funds that we primarily gave to charity, and it does have uh, the trust does have need of funds to pay for its registration with the Financial Conduct Authority. I always get these names mixed up. So there's Financial Conduct Authority FCA, and we are looking to bring our paperwork up to speed so we can rejoin the um, the FCA and also the Football Supporters Association. Which um, used to be called supporters direct back in the past, Um, but to answer anyone's queries. I mean, I'm I'm happy on on Twitter um, to take any direct questions from anybody, but it is independent. Um, I think that's a really important point. Um, It always was independent. It is independent now and I mean would it be the the point you made about would it be the club's puppet is an interesting one because it is the how can I put this that the trust is the product and the collective of its membership and its chairman or chairperson I suppose I should be woke I should call it shouldn't I um its chair um so if you're unhappy with the way that that chair person is um conducting things if you don't if you think that maybe the point you've just made there nil that maybe it's um not being critical if, the, if that's required of the club and you want to replace that then a, a vote is taken you can call a you know um it the chair is there at the with the support of the membership so yes you it, it is totally democratic in its principles and you know, if you're unhappy with the way that it behaves, or what it says, or what it does, or whatever you like, really, and or if you don't like the um, the, uh, the policies or the, or the opinions of the chair, then you can change that because you have a direct link between um, the support of the of the members and and the board. Um, I'm hoping that's answered that question, but it exists already as an independent body, so it, it is not linked to Millwall Football Club in any way. Shape or form. Did you want to add anything to that, Phil? Do you think that's that's a fair summary of the situation? Yeah, a
3: fair summary. Yeah, I think um, this question always comes up, whether it's about supporter groups or trusts, and I suspect it comes up at every club. Um, Everybody wants these groups to be independent, which they rightly should be. Um, But also, I think sometimes there's a bit of a misunderstanding that being independent doesn't mean that you constantly just stick it to the club just because you're independent you know being independent means that sometimes you have to be harmonious because you have to get things done things aren't achieved solely by you know beating the club up at every step of the way so you know the people involved in the trust moving forward will have to build good relationships with uh, members of the club uh, that obviously can be seen as cozying up but the reality is that's how things get done um that's not to say that if things aren't right then members of the Trust or a supporters group should be prepared to hold the club to account on those things on behalf of their membership.
1: Yeah, well, I think one of the points levelled at the Millwall Supporters Club is that they are too close to the club and uh, there's a deep distrust to them. Uh, so is the Trust independent of the Millwall Supporters Club? Yes, Nick?
2: yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, I'm, I'm just looking at the, the actual constitution, which is on the website, listeners, which is... Um, I don't know if you still say www. I do because I'm old, but it's uh, the lion's trust.org on on the internet. If you go on there, you can bring up um, a PDF file of the lion's trust constitution. So it's independent of Mill Football Club. It's independent of anything. It it exists in its own right. And this was drawn up in 2002. I do believe, and we're looking at with the um, FSA football supporters association, that they have a more modernized version of a constitution but this is what we've got now so this is what we're we're working with 2003 uh 2002 2003 version um but the objects of the society as it's called is to increase and improve communication between the club um in in a nutshell um it had has the purpose had the purpose to acquire shares in Mill fc that's largely been superseded over time with John Berrelson's arrival because the mill, mill share structure over that time has changed from the old Reg Burr 40 odd thousand shareholders into fundamentally John uh, um owning the, the, uh, the vast majority of shares. Um, so we've got communication, uh, improving communication, acquiring shares such as you can. Um, to promote support for the club and encourage new supporters, regardless of their age, sex, origin and place of residence, Um, to ensure that the club continues to play football in the area. So you could take that to mean South East London, I guess, but anyway, in the area, Uh, to strengthen bonds between the club and community, and encourage a more public perception of the club. I think we failed on that, haven't we? (laughs) More positive public perception of the club and to promote the principle of supporter representation on the board so those those are it's i mean those are all worthy aims and i don't think there's any fan um that would disagree with any of those purposes i'm not going to contrast it with the mill supporters club because it's a different thing and it's had its own history and i do know um you know some of the people on on the board of of the msc and they're good mill fans and i'm not going to get embroiled in you know this being some kind of um uh have a go at the msc so I, I, I don't see there's any value in that but the lions trust is a different thing to the msc it is it has those aims i've just read out it also has the um evolved the 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 underlying aim of being a potential vehicle for a fan-owned club if that were ever to be needed thankfully it never has been hopefully it never will be and now we've got the arrival of the crouch report, which may. Um, give supporters trusts like the Lions Trust um, a legal right of veto over certain identity issues that Phil's touched on already so it's a really important thing and as I've said already I'm just glad that it's it's acquiring some new life I'm hoping that with um, our online presence and this show that we're going to encourage people to take um, certainly take an interest in it and hopefully take um, you know take on some of these roles because it's it's like a lifeboat, Neil. It's you know uh, I, I said this on the other day when I was speaking to um, the, the boys on the on on the show. You want if you get on a cruise liner, you don't necessarily want to get in the lifeboat, but you do if the ship sinks, and it's that it, that's that's its prime purpose. And potentially, in a similar vein, the golden share veto idea gives the supporters a an ability to control the the club's identity, so you don't get a Cardiff City being turned out in all red. Whole tigers rather than whole city and and other similar things across that we've seen across football where money gets involved. Um, I've waffled on. I'm hoping I've answered that question. Have I, have I missed any points out there, Neil? Uh,
1: just one thing I would like to pick Phil up on actually, or, or we'll ask Phil. And it was something that was mentioned on Hoff quite a lot. Can yeah, but I don't want to turn this into a MSC bashing exercise, but but there are genuine concerns. I think amongst some of the fan base. Can a, mem- can a can a member of the MSC committee be a member of the Lions Trust Committee as well? Okay, and good is that question. And um, well, is that good. helpful?
3: Good question. Um, the truth is that it's a democratic organisation in the same way that you could be, uh, if you, for example, if you were, uh, you know, in the union world, you could be a member of two different unions. There's nothing to stop People joining in the same way that if we had um, if we had IMSA or AMS, you could be a member of AMS and IMSA and a member of the MSC. And if you then chose to stand for election, you could do, um, provided you got enough votes. Whether the membership would want to vote for somebody that uh, was on three different committees would be interesting, because clearly you're really dividing your time. Um, and I'd say. You know, again uh, you know people on the MSC I don't particularly I, I know one or two of them but not you know greatly to be fair um, I would be very surprised if they'd want to put themselves in that position bearing in mind kind of the amount of grief they've probably taken over the last two or three years with the MSC um, so is it possible that they could stand yes uh, my personal preference would be that um, the trust gendered enough new members that we introduced some fresh and new blood into the group because we all want the trust to have the best possible chance to start its life with everybody's support and not shrouded in the politics that we're kind of already seeing in the sort of line of questioning from Jeremy Paxman. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's difficult to block people. You know, it would be incredibly undemocratic to do that. Um, the simple fact is, get enough people to join. If people want to stand for election, that's their choice. And the membership, get the right to vote for who they want. And it's a bit like politics in this country. You're going to get the people that you deserve. If you don't bother to join and don't bother to vote, then that's kind of the, the risk. You know, I don't think Nick or I would feel comfortable changing the constitution to deliberately block certain people. Um, if you do that, what happens if no one else stands?
1: It's very true, but I think from a, but I think from a credibility point of view, that if you want a clear distinction between the Lions Trust and the MSC, you can't have a crossover on the committee. I think there was something Nick wanted to add there.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, <clears throat> I'm just, I'm, I'm going to sound like I'm back in the trade union room arguing my case in the. In, in the in the hearings and panels that I used to sit in on, I don't mean to listeners honestly, but I've just um, on Phil's point, I've just been flicking through the uh, the, the rules, the constitution, which is what guides uh, the the trust. And th- these rules are not our rules; these are ones that were drawn up by Supporters Direct, a government organisation. Um, but anyway, number nine says that membership of the Lions Trust. I um, put that in. That membership of the trust is open to any person, firm, or corporate body who or which are a supporter of the club or has an interest in the game of football in the area and is in sympathy with the society and agrees to be bound by its rules. So you, you, with my trade union, you you'd be hard pushed to bar anyone because just because you don't particularly like, um, or your perception of the, who they might represent doesn't fit in with your own. The answer as with anything in this, in this life, whether it be politics or anything else is, if you don't take part, as Phil's just touched on, then you can't complain at the at the outcome that you see if you haven't um, either put your own name forward or supported somebody that you, you you do think could do a good job. You certainly can't bar anyone, and that would be a problem if um, if anyone out there is, is expecting somehow for us to say, these can't join, these can't join, only a certain type of Millwall fan can, because the, the rules don't allow that, to be quite frank and i I mean Phil said it already and I, I couldn't support anyone that, that that wanted to go down that road but what I can say is if it's open to anybody so you know I, I think the problem that you have often with many many voluntary organizations politics as I keep saying is that if people don't take part then you can't complain at the at the people that do because you have to Sometimes someone somewhere's got to put their their head above the parapet, and you know sometimes it can get a bit um, it can get a bit hairy. Being a Millwall name or face, you know we all, we all read the same things, we all see the same the same issues online, um, and sometimes you, you you might find yourself not having to agree with people, and it can be a bit bit heated. But you do need we are this this organization the alliance trust is a very important B needs good quality people to um to take control of it and and hopefully steer it wisely the rules are you know are what they are but I think I think as Phil's touched on already I think we're looking for new blood and hopefully people that are comfortable in this kind of um I wouldn't call it a, it's not really a ballroom situation phil is it this is this is just like a it's a fairly straightforward company not-for-profit company style framework would you agree yeah, with it that? Is, yeah
3: yeah absolutely i'd agree with that i think you know supporters groups typically will be challenging the club about um i don't know price of pasties how many fruit packets of fruit pastels are in stock the beer uh the usual fan related matter The trust generally is probably gonna have four or five meetings a year with the club, probably maximum. Um, And they're gonna be more like, uh, I wouldn't say board meetings, but it's gonna be more on set agendas. So the roles really would suit people that have had some form of business experience, just so that they have a broader understanding of, some of the matters that will come up in that environment. You know, it's not going to be like a fans forum, for example. Um, you know, I think that's that's the really key thing. Um, and I guess is... a lot
1: of this would depend upon if the Crouch recommendation goes forward into law, I guess.
3: Uh, yes and yeah. no. I mean, it doesn't need to go forward into law, though, to be fair. I mean, we'll probably come on to it later. You know, the the conversations we've had with Steve Kavanagh when we, uh, contacted him to let him know we were doing this, which is obviously the right thing for us to do. You know, that's not us colluding with the club, that's just being open and honest. Um, uh, Steve's really, really keen to do this. You know, People who wanna criticise the MSC have to realise there is only one supporters group uh, at the club. So when the club interacts with the MSC, they don't have any choice because there isn't anyone else. So you know, they have to communicate with somebody Uh, And the great thing is that the trust will give the club another avenue to support with, uh, to communicate with a different group of supporters on different matters. Um, And one of the things that came out in the Price of Football podcast, which again, you know, I'd really encourage people to listen to, Steve was on there for maybe 20, 30 minutes. You know, the club are exploring uh, the shadow board route, uh, irrespective of the legislation on the Crouch report. So I think there'll be plenty of room for the MSC and other supporter groups to interface with the club, and for the trust to do its own kind of very narrow work, because it is, it is relatively narrow in terms of its scope, um, without too much crossover. But you know, in truth, if if people who are members of you know the trust want to be members of the MSC and vice versa, I think crossover of membership is fairly natural and to be encouraged.
1: Phil, can I just pick you up on one point there? And it might be a point that some people might be unaware of, but what exactly is a shadow board?
3: Uh, okay, so one of the um, one of the recommendations in the Crouch Report is uh, to create a shadow board. So that would be um, a non-executive uh, board, so you wouldn't be registered at Companies House or any of those things, but basically it would be a board made up of Uh, various different parties um, that represent different aspects of Mirwall that would have regular communication and meetings with elected officials at Mirwall, be that, you know, the main board or even John Berrelson or Steve Kavanagh, whoever, you know, they decree. So, for example, you may have on there representation from the supporter groups. Uh, You could have representation, well, you would have representation on there from the trust, definitely. Um, It could include uh, representation from say fans under the age of 30. it could represent could have representation on there from yeah, the junior lions uh, Alliance, uh junior yeah, Alliance, the
1: Mental the, health trust yeah the, Inclus- the, the inclusivity
3: the- and diversity group um it basically it could be a shadow ball maybe of i don't know six to ten different seats effectively representing different aspects of the club um uh could include a social media group, for example, that encompassed all of the online and the um, uh, podcast and so forth. I mean, that would be so that to be fair, that is something that the club would own and then they would kind of seek people for that. But there would clearly have to be representation on there from official supporter groups, um, which would naturally be the MSC and the trust would be on there um, as well. So, and that's where it does get tricky if you had crossover of. Cross pollination, for want of another expression, in terms of committee members, which is one reason why I'd be really keen to avoid that. Um, but the shadow ball would be a really great thing. Steve seems to be really behind it, based on what I heard on the podcast. So I think um, you know there's something really positive to look forward to because there's, there's no doubt in all of our minds that uh, relationships and communications between club and fans can always get better, regardless of what stage we're at at the moment.
2: It can always be better.
1: So when are we actually looking at elections, Nick?
2: We are gathering members at the moment. And by members, I mean, um, we're asking people to email us with an email address. And I believe, I believe, uh, certainly a name and an email address. Um, I don't think we're asking for mobile phone numbers. Um, But we have about 140 plus responses so far. Um, We are bringing our paperwork together. I spoke to um, the third um, part of the triangle at the top of the Lions Trust is our treasurer, Steve Jones, who's not with us for this conversation. But I spoke to Steve earlier on. We, he's working with the FCA and um, the Football Supporters Association to bring the paperwork up to speed because, as we've said already, the trust became dormant. so um needs to be updated and yeah, um, LA, that kind um, of thing. And, um, Dealing with the, dealing with the Financial Conduct Authority, apparently, I've never dealt with them. I don't think I ever do want to deal with them in my life. Apparently, it's a very slow and picky process. So, Steve is going to be working with the F Fs, F FSA. Okay, keep, keep, uh, too many F um, acronyms here the to bring the paper. <laughs> um, so we've got so we've got 140 odd um, inverted commas members at the moment, and the reason I put inverted commas around it is that. Um, at some point in the near future, um, I'm being a little bit vague, and I apologise to listeners. We want to see if we have any potential chair, man, woman, person, whatever other um, word or will we want.
1: anybody else who's got a pronoun. After their <laughs> we have a
2: pronoun so
1: we all don't get cancelled
2: <laughs> we're, we're, we're hoping we, we i've had i've had um uh, an, a, a contact already um but i want to see if we can get at least two um potential um candidates because to have a to have a, a decent ballot you need at least two choices in my opinion um so we're working on that at the moment i i would like to bring this to a head. Reasonably soon, because um, without playing violins in the back of, of this podcast, listeners, um, I, I don't want to temporarily temporarily chair this for too long for reasons of health. Neil was doing a violin move on on. on. I don't, <laughs> don't want to do it for health reasons. Um, I'm not going to go down that road. Anyone who's followed the podcast knows that um, I'm under under medical instructions and not to load myself up with any more stress than being a Millwall fan actually uh, gives you. Um, so we're looking for decent quality um committee members and and decent a decent quality chair as well that we can then offer up to the membership um to take a vote on and that person will then command the support of their members as uh, to put it and they can take this thing forwards um, so um we're I, probably I don't looking
1: at what, the end of the season sometime i would hope the end, end of the
2: season that's that's my view i mean whether we can get the paperwork tied up then i don't know to be to be absolutely open. Um, I think in a way that would be the least of our worries. um, Phil might might disagree with me on this. Um, That's something that can be worked upon because that's just that's registration with the FSA and and just the Financial Conduct Authority, he says with a throwaway tone. Um, I think the sooner we can get, um, I'll pass over to Phil to see if he agrees with me, but the sooner we can get uh, a membership together that we can then organise an election around and the candidates um the better. I'd like to aim for the end of the season, Neil. Whether that's going to be possible or not, I, I don't know. It depends on who, who contacts us. Part of the reason for certainly doing this looking show too, the
1: start of next season.
2: I'd hope so. Yeah. If we if we had if we have a candidate and it were candidates, um, I'd like to get the ball rolling on it as soon over the summertime as, as soon as we can get it going, to be honest.
1: Phil, have you got anything to add on the potential timetable?
2: No, I mean, you know, it.
3: Um, that that's the ideal scenario is to get it wrapped up for the end of the season. I think um, Steve, Nick, and I, are, you know, see ourselves very much in temporary uh, positions. Uh, and I think for the integrity of the trust, the ideal scenario is that um, we get a new committee in place, and none of the three of us need to stand for election to fill holes, for want of expression, um, because that kind of Demonstrates for me, A, it's democratic, uh, and B, it's integrity by the fact that we've kind of got involved, hopefully, you know, got things back afloat and tidied up. And then a new committee is elected by its membership and it takes its own direction. And as Nick says, you know, once there's a new committee in place, they may choose to instigate the football tournaments again, Uh, they may choose to do other charity events. You know, there's all sorts of things that they can get involved with. Um, as a trust, if if they choose to do so. Um, so it can be as large or as small as the membership and the committee want it to be.
1: So basically, who will get a vote in these elections?
2: There's, okay. a, there's, a, there's an interesting point. Go on, Phil, you, t- you take this one. No, I was just going to say, I mean, look, the, the process, it
3: ties into the process. So as Nick said, we've got the, um, uh, the website there where people can put their details in. I think it does ask for contact number... Uh, email address, location and name, just so that we've got some basic detail about people. Once um, we move the administration side along, there'll be a uh, application form for a membership, which again, legally we have to do because it's constituted. So you have to have a membership form, which I think can be done online. Uh, There needs to be a membership fee because effectively by joining the membership of a society, you have to pay a membership fee which gives you one share in that society so if we had a thousand members there'd be a thousand shares each person has one each and so forth and it's one member one vote uh, like every um, constitutional society would be so um, in theory you know it, it's pretty straightforward I think we can get all of that together in terms of the voting anyone who is a paid member of the society will be entitled to a vote. Nick and I have looked at some um, online voting software that was recommended to us so we can make it really easy for people. You know, there's not necessarily a need for everyone to trundle up to Harry's bar at five o'clock in August uh, to um, say aye or nay, Um, you know, we should in theory be able to do a lot of this online, which makes things a lot easier. so really, you know, I can't I can't say it enough times. I just really want to encourage as many people as possible who care about the club to get involved. It's not really going to cost you a great deal of money or time. The more membership we've got, then uh, the better chance there is of more people that will stand for election. More people that stand for election means a stronger committee moving forward. It's as simple as that.
2: Go on, next. Sorry. Sorry. No, I'm just going to say that uh, Phil and I had an in- interesting conversation the other night with... Um, uh, lady from from the football supporters association and i i had some vague floating around in my head legal knowledge from donkey's years ago when i did a housing qualification and she reinforced it so i was so pleased that my 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 vague knowledge of the law contract law was correct that you in order to cast a vote in this election you have to have parted with some money and the minimum that you have you have to part with is is a pound um And I I don't feel comfortable, I think Phil's the same, I don't feel comfortable asking for much more than the pound as a membership fee at the moment. That could change. The new chair could come in and decide to go back to the traditional uh, membership, which is £10 a year um, traditionally. And I think that's what maybe other trusts charge more. But to get this going, um, I wouldn't want to go much further than the pound just to be able to cast a vote in the first election. And then it'll be whatever the new board decide they want to do for the future or as an annual um, membership fee for the for the trust it could be it could carry on as one it could carry on as five or ten or whatever people want to do so um when we organize the election we'll come back to all of our email contacts our members Um, we might be asking for a pound off you um to cast a vote up to you whether you want to pay that or not Um, but i thought a pound seems to be such a minimal amount even, even at even at Millwall, we couldn't get any objection for a packet of fruit pastels as a potential vote in a, in an election. But I'm sure someone will have something enough, to say. Yeah. <laughs> More news on that as soon as we can get it organised. I think. Yeah,
1: you no, know, that brings me quite nicely on to my next point, which was going to be how much is a membership fee in a pound. I don't think you can really argue with. And it's a base to build from, isn't it? You get, yeah. The, yeah, you said 140 people. What was the last membership figure that you
2: it, we when the last time that I remember seeing a membership list? And I'm going back a long time here, listeners. I'm going to go back to probably well, certainly about 10 years ago. Last time I saw it, because it was it was fading and, and no one was a member of it and we didn't have the ease with which now we can communicate. So that was, I, I don't even have the old membership lists, uh, which I think was one of the other points that may have been made on, on, on the message boards. Um, we had about, I think we had, by the end of it, maybe if we had 20 people by the end of it, I'd be surprised. It may even have been less than that. Neil. It it was, um, it, it it was very hard to maintain interest in, an organisation that didn't seem to have any obvious purpose, and it's all—I think—it's a struggle for a lot of supporters' trusts. Unless you've got a crisis, unless you've got some reason to be a member of it, that you get something out of it, Um, it's quite hard to to sell it as an idea. I'm hoping now with the the legislation, and I was quite interested last week. I think I said on on one of the other shows, I was listening to Prime Minister's Question Time uh, about a week ago. And one of the questions in, in in the house of commons to Boris Johnson was about football and he actually hinted that he wants to see the um he, he certainly wanted to see the regulator of football come in which was a major part of the Tracy Crouch report um the football um independent regulator he stood up and said that in the house of commons so I, I get a sense that clubs maybe Millwall certainly others you see around I've been following the Chelsea um you know trusts um statements on, on, on their situation at the moment. But I think a lot of clubs want to get in front of this. So the golden share, the veto over the identity, the club colours and badge and name could well be implemented by a lot of clubs irrespective of any legislation that may or may not be passed. So I think we just need to be ready for that. It's a really important um, responsibility for us as a as a, as a trust. We need, to, as fans, we need to be ready to take that. And um, that's why we've set the website up. That's why we're doing this show today, to try to get across to people how important that this is.
1: So I pay my pound. I get my vote. Uh, what happens to that money, basically?
2: We, that's a good question. Um, go on, Phil. You go. No, it's, uh,
3: yeah, I think that at the moment, the trust, in theory, it doesn't need Funds. No. you know the, the trust has. Um, Steve will be able to confirm when we've updated the um, uh, FCA accounts. But you know the trust has several thousand pounds in its bank account from previous. So you know it's not in desperate need of funds. But um, you have to charge a membership fees. We've discussed legally. So you know you have to have some form of income. Uh, what the trust chooses to do with that income will be down to the new committee and it could be that it is used for um you know football tournaments and charity events like that clearly there will be some legal costs involved uh, whether that's just auditing or um, advisory services Uh, my personal feeling is that longer term the trust needs to build up a reasonable fund of money in the event that something went wrong at the club they've actually got some money to finance decent legal advice and support you know you're not talking hundreds of thousands of pounds but certainly maybe you know ten twenty thirty thousand pound it should have in its bank account at some stage in the future just as an example um, for for that eventuality and the only real way you're going to generate that is either through membership or uh, hosting events they could do quiz nights or whatever whatever the committee choose is the right way to do it um, some clubs will use their funds to buy shares in their club you know that's happened to other clubs it's not going to happen at mere war in my opinion I can't see um, you know and you probably couldn't afford it quite frankly uh, you know trust John's I suspect he owns maybe 96 97% of the club you know I can't see him To to buy shares in the club, you've got to buy them off of somebody, and the only person really who owns them is John and you know a couple of members on the board. And you know, they're not going to sell them, and if they did sell them, they're not going to sell them at a figure that the trust could afford to buy. So, um, yeah, I, I hope that answers the question as best I can.
1: Yeah, well, I guess that if there is a solicitor listening to this who's a Millwall fan or even an accountant that's a Millwall fan and they want to come forward and offer their services uh, in that kind of thing uh, way, I guess that you'd be pretty happy to hear from them.
2: Absolutely. Um, I mean, we have had contacts from um, a legal company already. Um, We have Millwall fans in all sorts of places, listeners. And so we do have some contacts on that front. Um as Phil has said, you do need some money in the bank. There's 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 actually about seven thousand in the bank um from the past, and that money would have been generated from the Lions Trust Cup, really, because membership hasn't been charged for a long time, one way and the other. Um, the one pound idea, I mean I've haven't, I haven't discussed this with anyone listeners, so this is me. This is why I have never made a good committee man because I just go off on my own tangents and make suggestions that I think are brilliant and no one else often wrong no
1: tangents on podcasts allows, <laughs> that allows,
3: that <laughs> but,
2: made, but but for I mean for this on this occasion if we charged a pound of, uh, a vote so to speak to get a vote um you could give that money to a a good cause take your pick There's there's lots of good causes out there on this occasion we don't need any money right here right now for the trust to function there are fees to be paid for the fca the fsa i dare say companies house charges i, I don't i'm not that experienced on that front too. so there will there will be costs um, you know to to for those bits and pieces but that's that's covered for the time being so for the immediate purposes of an election of a new chairman, you could charge a pound and maybe once you've got that money rolled up, give it to some, give it to the Mizzen Fund, give it to the Food Bank, give it to something of that kind. That's what I would like to see happen, um, to, to to take that forward. Longer term, as, as Phil has said, I mean, trusts take many forms. I mean, we've, for the most part of Millwall, it's always been a fairly um, quiet, um, in the background, kind of body, it probably will remain there. But trusts in other clubs do take a much more active, day by day role. They they generate funds, they organise football tournaments, quizzes, social events, you name it. Always for the purpose of you know uh, assisting the, the, their club or for some wider good cause. And that's that's what I'd love to see happen with the Lions Trust because I think it's it's you know. We, n- Oh, none of us, none of us on this show, all the listeners out there know how generous Mill fans are when you give them the right event and for the right good cause, and that's what I just love to see more, more of that kind of thing going on because that's really what the trust should be about. And I'm hoping we'll get that
1: right. So uh, I think we've virtually touched upon an awful lot here, but something I want to go back to is the golden share, which is something that I've seen in the in the. In, in Tracy Crouch's report, but I'm pretty unsure what it exactly is. So, Nick, tell us what the golden share is.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a strange name for a fairly easy concept, actually. I, I, I don't know the golden share is, is a great name for what is effectively a veto. Um, we've seen with Cardiff City, was it Vincent Tan who came in as the new owner of Cardiff City a few years ago? and decided to change the, their club colours away from blue to lucky red. He's, he's from the Far East and that red there is seen as a lucky, uh, lucky uh, colour and the, the red was dragon. was also something so, to
1: do with the Welsh, I think, as well, wasn't it? Yeah. The Welsh <laughs> shirts, red, it was, it was a, was a mis,
2: misreading of the club's identity, a misreading of the, the fan base there. Um, And you've seen it at, at Hull City. I can't think for the life of the name of the owner up there. Um he wanted to change the... Yeah, the it, was lamb, it? Lamb, it was a lamb, wasn't it? A lamb, a lamb, yeah. He wanted to change it from whole city to whole tigers. Um, so, you know, it, and, and also we've seen uh, on a former dramatic level when Wimbledon FC, as it was, wanted to relocate to Milton Keynes and become the Milton Keynes Doms. Um completely, you know, um applying that franchise idea that you can pick a club up and move it totally out of its area to a totally different place. And that's fine, you know. So the the golden share is 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 a legal veto that can be given to a properly organized, uh legally organized supporters trust such as the Lions Trust that we're talking about this afternoon. And it would give that body the right to say no to certain fundamental aspects of a club's identity. And speaking from memory, I think it's club colours, club name, um, badge. If they want, if wanted to change our, our badge away from the roaring lion to a kind of a, I don't know, laughing lion or something, I don't know. Um, or if they wanted to move the club away from completely from Southeast London to where could I
1: the heartlands of Kent. Arlanda oh, no, yeah.
2: okay. or Plymouth. I could take you to Plymouth, um, but it's 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 to protect the fundamental parts of Millwall's identity. Um, the Supporters Trust, the Lions Trust, would hold uh, what is an effective veto, and it's called the Golden Share. Um, I, I, I prefer the name Veto personally because I think it's clearer, but it's called a Golden Share. That's
1: Phil, did you have something to add on
2: that? Yeah, I mean, uh, firstly.
3: Um, if people do want to find us on twitter at the lions trust uh i've put a pdf on there the other day uh, just with some um, sort of notes that i put together on the golden share from various different bits and pieces that i've pulled together uh from the time we've been looking at this so that's that's definitely a useful resource for people to have a look at um i, I kind of echo what nick's saying really i mean the Technically, every organisation is made up of um, has to be made up of shares, be it a hundred shares or or whatever. Uh, and you can have one shareholder or a hundred, whatever. But um, the golden share in itself is a symbolic share. It's not necessarily a physical share. It's not like John Berrelson's going to say, "Here you are, Lion's Trust. Here's one share." Uh, it's a symbolic share, uh, but that share will have certain rights attached to it, as set out in. The club's Articles of Association. So, typically, the holder of that golden share, which we believe will be the Lions Trust, and we're assured it will be, um, in their wall, will be able to outvote all other shares in certain specified circumstances. So, we can't outvote John on everything, but there will be certain things that will be pre agreed or will be agreed with the club in their Articles of Association that will allow the trust to. Uh, effectively veto it. So it's not that the golden share itself is a veto, but it gives the uh, holder of the golden share the right to veto. So if that makes sense, is that kind of helpful?
1: Yeah, I yes. think it's quite safe to yeah. say that John's been around for quite a long time and hasn't really done anything stupid yet. So I can't see him wanting to relocate <laughs> the club to to you know, the Kent or somewhere like that or or to change the badge or the name or anything else that's going to offend people. But, well, We've it is been... a good safety net, isn't it?
3: Yeah, no, been... right. it's a... Sorry, Nick. Yeah, it is a safety net and there's nothing to say in three years time. The trust is just bumbling along. Um, club's doing well. And I don't know, John decides to sell the business, you know, effectively. We've got no idea what may happen in the future, but the point is if the trust is in place and The trust has those agreed criteria in its articles of association. Anyone who then subsequently owns the club is still committed to them and has bought the club on that basis. So that's why it's really important to have them in place while we've got a really engaged and great owner that um, believes this is
2: the right thing to do.
1: So what other rights could be granted to fans in relation to the club?
2: Well, that's that's a good question. I mean, at the moment, the the, the Crouch report, is, which is seen as quite radical, um, you know, it's, it's rocked the football world, isn't it? I mean, there's a, there's a huge um, public relations exercise going on, driven by the Premier League, to try to soften some of the um, so, some of the, the the proposals, particularly the the regulatory ones, which obviously I don't want to be controlled by an independent regulator i'm I'm quite interested to see um just been following the chelsea story um but the the chelsea trust were asking the government to impose as part of the conditions of sale in the um the, the departure of abramovich to whichever consortium takes on chelsea fc but to ask that the requirement to have a golden share um and they have a Chelsea Pitch Owners Association there, which is also part of the, the, the Stanford Bridge, um, you know, uh, ownership. But they wanted that to be written into the terms of the sale. So the, certainly the golden share, the identity stuff that we've just mentioned, the, the Chelsea Trust is asking for the government to impose that on, on whichever um, group buys Chelsea. Um, I, I I I don't know that there's more... I'm not aware of any more um, areas that you could campaign on to get more rights. I mean, certainly, historically, one of the things with the Lions Trust was that um, it was seen as, when it first set up, it was seen as the method by which, by buying shares at Millwall, uh, it could press to have a fan on the board. That that happened separately. Um, Peter the Savory actually um, was the first to allow that. And we had Peter Garston to sit on the board for many, many years. So it always been the, quite out there in terms of, um, you know, these kind of fan developments. Um, I think that the way forward for the trust is a to get as many members as possible. That's number one. Um, to get a good quality committee if we can find them. Um, one that wants to work with the club. To um, you know, to, to 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 promote the the the, uh, the interest of the support, to organise staff uh, social events, as we've said already, and to make it such a positive um, part of Millwall life that it's just seen as an essential part of the day um, when you go to Millwall. And I think that's that on that road lies a great future for the Lions Trust and for Millwall FC, actually, because the, as we've seen on many other occasions when the club and the fans are as one, then um, that's when we're at our best. And that's what I hope the Lions Trust can be part of.
1: I feel you wanted to add something.
3: Yeah, I think what you've got to bear in mind is that, in theory, the Trust could ask the club for the right to veto on literally anything. The club could ask the Trust could ask the club for the right to veto on the next manager. It could ask for the right to veto on uh, having no betting companies ever as a shirt sponsor uh, it could ask for all of these things but you've got to bear in mind the club have to agree to it and the board has to agree to it and some of those things commercially won't be practical some of those things um, just may not be realistic um, but for example you could uh, in theory um, you know some some of the other trusts have requested that a fan was appointed to the board which clearly we've been down that road so we know about that uh, it could be that if it was a private company, certain financial information would be shared publicly or shared with the trust and the supporter groups. It could be if the club had an audit or risk committee that you had a seat on that. Um, it could be various fan engagement responsibilities or roles. Um, it literally could be anything. The Crouch Report just touches on what they call heritage Um Assets hmm. such as the colours, the name, location, and stuff like that. But you know, it literally, you know, you could say, well, you know, we want the right to veto. You know, what colour the rusty stanchions are outside the ground when they're repainted. You know, it could be any of those things. Some of them, the board will have no issue agreeing to, and we'll see that there's some of them. They might say, well, you know, we do understand and we agree, but it's not practical for us to give you the right to veto. For example, if we said. Uh, if we, if the trust requested of the club, we'd like the right to veto any new co- incoming owner, um, you know, if they've got, you know, hidden assets or any of these things, you know, that logistically, you know, or logically makes sense. But, you know, John might not want the right to somebody else to veto his uh, right to sell a club he's invested £120 million in. Um, yeah but there when, is the
1: fit and proper persons test which well, can be yeah. So that's yeah, of
3: course yeah of course there's lots of things that can that can interfere with those things but you are, you have to understand that you know there is a there is a commercial um aspect to the club's perspective and the trust might have a golden share and might have 300 members but there's also somebody that's invested 110 120 130 million pound in the club so you know you have to respect that sort of balance as well if that makes sense yeah, I think we have to be
1: realistic in what we're asking. I think is what you're saying. No, absolutely. I think to, I think a veto over a manager or over.
2: I was just going to say, I would have vetoed, vetoed Steve Lomas.
3: It. it would be pie in the sky, really, wouldn't it? That's basically. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm trying to say. You could you could ask for anything, but clearly there's going to be certain things that will be agreeable and certain things that won't
1: would you like to see the next chairman of the lions trust have a seat on the on on the main club board and has that been discussed with the club
2: it uh, hasn't been discussed to my knowledge sorry well, Phil. It, kind,
3: it kind of it kind of has in the sense that if it's going to be independent it couldn't have a seat on the board so no i don't think it's i don't think it's uh, i think that's why it would be that is why you would have a seat on the shadow board the minute The minute the Lions Trust has a seat on the club's board, the question of independence is already answered because it can't be independent because if they're effectively registered as a director of the club, then they've got fiduciary duties to the club, but also they'll have commercial duties to the club. Things will be discussed at board meetings that quite clearly that person will be conflicted in sharing with a wider community. So I just, that, that for me just is a, it's it'll be a red line and i think that's that's kind of why in the end fan on the board roles get very very difficult because one minute kind of you're in the stands and you're you're with your mates that you've been with for 20 30 years at football next thing you kind of got all the inside detail on absolutely everything at the club which you quite clearly can't share with anybody uh, but everybody wants to know and it just becomes very conflicted i think for the individual
1: just something that has just come into my mind what happens if the if 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 say nick phil and steve want to step away and there aren't enough people to fill those roles doesn't the doesn't the doesn't the lion's trust die a death on its feet again
3: that's why you're doing we've co-opted you in
2: already (laughs) without your uh I, i wouldn't want that to happen again um
1: yeah, it was just a thought that came into my mind
2: when yeah. we were
0: talking.
2: About... I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't really want to do this. And, and one, part of the reason that I don't want to do this, obviously I've mentioned one reason already. I'm not going to go back to that. I think it's just really important. Um, I, I mean, my face has been around a long time doing stuff and I don't mind, but it's really important that we get new faces. I think that's one of the, the great failings, if you like, of Millwall, fan groups gems it tends to be the same people i remember on house of fun years ago some someone said um why is it always the same people that do these things and i replied back well, <laughs> why don't you get involved then because that that would be someone new but you don't that i i would love for there to be new blood and new energy um because no, no one person it, these these groups are for everybody. They don't belong to any one single person. Just going back to um, the, the the point you made, Neil, about the uh, the fan on the board. I've just reread the the, the Lions Trust's um, rules constitution, whatever you want to call it. And one of the points there, which is handwritten, is to encourage and promote the principle of supporter representation on the board um, of any company owning or controlling the club. And ultimately to be the vehicle for democratic election to the board. So I think it, it reinforces Phil's point that you wouldn't want the chairman of the Lions Trust to sit on the board, but that the Lions Trust would encourage that principle that a, a fan would be on the board. Yeah. board so anything. you wouldn't you wouldn't want the two for the for the, the clash of uh, interest interests that, that Phil's pointed out, but the the, the the principle is 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 there in its in in the in the trust rules. Um, but no, I, I just I just think it's really important to um, send out the appeal today. A for members. Secondly, for we hope good quality candidates. If we reach that point that you just point that uh, made there Neil about nobody coming forwards, we, we'd cross that bridge when it comes. Um, I think it's I think the trust is too important to let it become dormant again. But no, I, I think it's important that we have somebody else doing this if we can if we can achieve that.
1: Right. So. I think we've been going for nearly an hour and probably bored people to death.
2: If you're still listening, well done.
1: Yeah, well, I yeah, well, think we've got anybody still listening to us. Uh, so how can people get involved? We'll start to wrap this up now, Phil. Uh,
3: right, well, first thing, you can find us online at uh, www.thelionstrust.org. Uh, we're on Twitter, which is uh, at the lions trust or you can get in uh, get in touch with us uh, via email um which is uh, secretary at the lions trust.org or chairman at the lions trust is it chair at the lions trust.org nick your email i can't remember now. Chair, I th- yeah chair at the lions we're, being, trust uh, we're being inclusive so uh, i think it's the chair at the lions trust <laughs> um so you can get in touch via those mediums uh um, my Twitter handle, I think, is at Phil Clark with an E, 0170. and um, Everybody knows Nick's already because he is the podfather. So um, you can get in touch with us and we can direct you in the right places there. Um, yeah, I think it just I, yeah, I can't reiterate any more about how important it is to get, you know, more and more people involved. It's really, for me, it's really important that the people who are involved in the trust today are allowed to step away, not because we want to, but for the integrity of it it needs a committee that's voted by the members rather than just the only people standing. Yeah, I agree. I agree.
1: Right. And I think, I think that's quite a good point to actually wrap up on. Thank you very much to Nick and Phil. And of course, all of the links will be in the show description yeah, well, and yeah. uh, we look forward to uh, speaking to you all soon. Come on, you lions.
0: To Athena Moodle. If you enjoyed the show, please go over to Apple podcasts and leave us a cheap little review. Over to Athena Moodle, till next time.
2: Who do you
1: want to watch? <laughs>